This is the MLW Radio Network. Good evening. Welcome to another Thursday night. My name is Mike Friel, and I am joined by my follically challenged friend. He is... The Rit. We are definitely not Mikey and Jerry. We are filling in for Mikey and Jerry, uh, as we have for a while now. But we have a big interview for you tonight. Right, Rit? Tell them all the good news. Well, this uh, lovely guest we have tonight, I definitely would not want to be suplexed by her. No. She is vicious with the suplexes. She is Masha Slamovich. Hey, y'all. Hey, how are you? I'm doing rather well. How are you? You know what? We have no complaints. Uh, It's always fun to talk wrestling with stars, and uh, we're going to get into it with you and hopefully introduce our audience who may not be familiar with you. By the end of the episode, they'll be able to get to know a little bit more about you. Sounds like a plan. Let's get right to it. So let me kind of jump in here and just kind of ask you right off the bat, what is it about wrestling that really kind of piqued your interest? What made you decide, you know, of all the different roads I can take, what what made wrestling seem more appealing than other things? You know, um, I remember when I was a real little kid, kids would always talk about having a dream job or any kind of aspiration um, for a career, and I could never relate to any of that. And because it all just felt so forced and boring and uh, mundane. So, and then I just saw pro wrestling on TV one day and I just knew, I was like, yeah, that that's it. That's what I'm meant to do. And I just never let go of that. Was there anybody in particular that you watched when you were younger that you gravitated towards, that you really enjoyed watching? Anybody who might, you might be able to say was kind of an inspiration? Certainly... I was inspired by Chris Benoit's work, which of course led me to discover the work of the Dynamite Kid, which is where I drew a lot of my inspiration from. Nice. Um, So would you say when it came to Benoit, the Dynamite Kid, it, it was their veracity. It was just that really believable style of wrestling, which, you know, a lot of times nowadays, um, it's become a lot more popular now. Um, or was it just the personality, or how would you describe what really intrigued you about those two guys? It was it was a mix of both of those, you know. Uh, I I feel like the personality was an aspect of it. I found the personality to be somewhat relatable, and the work, of course, you know, the wrestling was just so intense and fast and uh, impactful. That was something that stood out to me. On the indie scene right now, there is so many different people out there that are making waves. Um, anybody who you've worked with so far that you've really kind of clicked with, you know, in the ring, somebody that you can say, man, we, we have great chemistry or. Uh, I can definitely say that about um, the ace of Sendai girls right now, Chikido Hashimoto. Mm-hmm. Me and her, 
will tear it up any given day in that ring. Just absolute war every single time. She's definitely one of my favorite opponents. There's a lot of, you know, Rit and I have talked about this, and we've talked to different people from different promotions. Um, what's a regular schedule look like with you? Are you doing a lot of traveling, going to different promotions now that obviously uh, the pandemic is in a, we'll call it a different stage. Um, I usually say completely over, but obviously according to the news, we're not quite there yet. But are there any promotions that you really enjoy getting a chance to work with? Uh, to answer your first question, my schedule definitely consists a lot of me being on the road. Uh, in the month of August, I anticipate you know, being on the road probably four to days a week at least every week. So that's going to be a lot of uh, moving around, which is a good thing. I, I love being on the road. And, of course, that will include uh, some of my favorite promotions where I work, for example, Beyond Wrestling, which uh, is going to be on August 5th and on the 22nd as well. Nice. Of August, obviously. What would you say is a, a really appealing aspect of Beyond Wrestling? Is there anything, is it just the way it's run or, you know, just the way the locker room is handled or just everything seems to be really professional there? All of that, you know, it's just, uh, it's an environment I really enjoy working in. I enjoy every time I'm there, I look forward to going back the next month. So, you know, and uh, I've been having some great matches there. So obviously that plays a role in it. Now, according to all your information, you are Russian, and yes. uh, we've actually spoken with another uh, Russian wrestler before. Are you born in? Were you born over in Russia, or were you born here in the states? I was actually born here in New York City, but I went back and forth uh, all the time between Moscow and New York for my whole life. What's th what's that like? Meaning, do you get an opportunity? Uh, is wrestling a big thing over there? Um, we know that you know other places like Australia, New Zealand, um, even South Africa. We've talked to people where wrestling is big over there. Is that something that is a lot of fans are over in Russia? I mean, I haven't gotten a lot of feedback from different people around the world as far as you know what is something typical people would watch for entertainment. Definitely, sports like soccer are really popular in Russia. Uh, wrestling is not, you know, as popular as I wish it was, but especially with it having more light and there being more light on even Russian wrestling within Russia, it is becoming a bit more popular in my opinion. Uh, and I think that'll only be growing in the coming years. Now you went ahead and I was, when we did our research here, you debuted um, a few years ago here. So would you say that once you debuted um, you still had those those jitters early on, or did would you say after you came out of your training, you felt pretty ready to go? Um, and, and kind of give a little background on this. Some people say after training they are ready to rock and roll, and I can't wait to get out there. And then some people say there is some hesitation uh, because training is officially done, and and now there's an audience out there ready to watch you for the first time. What was your take on that? Uh, so I just I generally think the statement that uh, training is done is incorrect because it never is done. Um, you know, at a certain point, you just get to a level where you should be having in-ring experience, um, you know, at shows. And that's how training progresses, in a sense. Uh, I trained for a year and a half, almost two years before I was able to wrestle at a show because in New York State, you couldn't wrestle until you were 18. And I started at 16. 
um, which led to me being scouted to go over to Japan. And I ended up having my debut over there in, in Tokyo, which, you know, at that point I wasn't really allowing myself to have jitters. It was more like there was so much pressure on me, you know, finally debuting overseas, representing my country, representing my company and myself. So I pretty much just, you know, kept my head on right and went out there. It's it's interesting because it seems like so much happened so early on. I mean, you get started at 16. By the time you actually start wrestling, all this stuff is happening. It's just such a fluid situation. Going overseas, was there any trepidation in that? I mean, that's a, a big responsibility, or was it just, hey, par for the course, let's just keep on going? Uh, I was really excited to go. You know, I had wanted to wrestle in Japan for as long as I could remember. And, you know, especially having the opportunity to do so, so early on in my career. And I was just really excited to, to go. Well, being over in the United States and training for those two years, the crowd over here is completely different, you know, from the crowd over in Japan. So how did you, you know, prepare for working the crowd in Japan I'm while sorry, you're over there. That? My, my phone audio just got screwed up. Oh, that's fine. Uh, being trained over here in the United States and, you know, you're trained to work the crowd over here. Uh, but it's completely different over in Japan. Uh, so how did you react over there to work in the crowd compared to what you've been trained for in the United States over here? Um, I suppose that it was kind of a good thing that I didn't get to work shows here because I didn't know what to expect from any kind of crowd. So to me, it just seemed pretty normal. I was like, okay, I guess this is how wrestling works. I wasn't, I didn't really have any expectations going into it. So there was no real hey, preconceived notion of, hey, I need to do this differently or I need to do that differently. It was just, hey, this is my first time out here. So whatever, <laughs> however they respond is how they respond. Uh, it was more so I knew what I had to do and I didn't have the, you know, wherewithal to think of how the crowd was going to react because, again, I hadn't wrestled at live shows yet. So I was like, I really just wasn't going to make an ass of myself during, uh, during my first match. We've talked to some people who've gone over to Japan and performed, and uh, there's always like a language barrier. Um, do you find that there was that was an issue, or do you find that with wrestlers there's this unspoken language as far as some people were telling me, you know, leapfrog, jump over, there's just ha different hand gestures and whatnot. How did that work, or was there enough people who spoke English where you could lay out a match? Uh, there was like one person who spoke English, sort of, and they weren't really much help. <laughs> but, you know, of course the language barrier was there, but we were able to speak it out in, like, Japanglish, where they just know enough English and I know enough Japanese to make it work. And, of course, like, the hand signals and just getting in the ring and, like, you know, trying to somehow just make the connection. And, again, you know, I, having not had any uh matches beforehand it just it was seemed normal to me how would you describe um uh, from your interactions the the fans from the fan perspective the way fans in japan uh, are about the stars as 
you would later find out how the fans react to the stars in the United States. Is it still that, oh my God, I want to, you know, here's a pen, please sign this, or is it different? Or how does that, how does the fan interactions work? Is it similar or different? Uh, it's different in the sense that they have both a fear and a respect for you there. So they do treat you like a star. It's definitely like, hey, can you sign this? Hey, can you take a picture? Can you kiss my baby? Um, and But it's more respectful and they come to you almost shy. Whereas wow. here, the fans, you know, they're kind of just like buddy-buddy with you. Where over there, they're like, yeah, they'd probably kill me. Yeah, I've gotten that from a lot of people that I personally have talked to, and they said it is completely different. Just And they use the word etiquette and politeness and phrases like that, and that's what really separates the Japanese crowd from the American crowd. Uh, let, me, let me throw this one at you. We're going to kind of go backwards here, but when you decided you were going to wrestle, what did your family think? Uh, we know some moms were, are very hesitant for their daughters to go into wrestling and some fathers are very protective as well. Was there any conversations about, Hey, this is what I want to do. And how was the response to that? Uh, there was definitely, you know, conversations about that, especially me being so young. Uh, they thought it was nuts and, you know, they didn't really watch or understand wrestling. So they just, they don't really know much about what the hell I was doing. And they just let me do it so I would shut up and <laughs> just go do a sport. Um, and then it took them just about to like the beginning of this year to finally take me seriously. Wow. Now, how did that, how does that make you feel when that's something you're very passionate about and there's, there's trepidation on the other side? Do you just say, hey, it's how they feel and I accept it? Or is it like, I mean, I do, you do take it a little personal. Uh, it was frustrating at times because, you know, wanting support, but also having somebody tell you, well, yeah, but also when are you going to get a real job is not the kind of support I was looking for. You know, it was it was uh, very difficult. It continues to be difficult at times. Uh, there's a lot of hidden challenges being a pro wrestler. But, you know, when my mother watched some of my matches uh, from this point in my career now after returning from Japan, and, you know, she looked at me and she said, you're finally a professional. And that meant a lot to me because I was like, wow. oh, okay, she gets it finally that this is my job. This is my career. It's not going to change. Wow. that's That had to have been a good feeling to, to finally, even though, you know, sometimes when we're younger, we don't, we don't feel like we have to necessarily earn that. But there's a part of us that deep down really wants the approval of our folks, even when we know they're not exactly 100% on board. So that had to feel pretty good. It certainly did. So you're wrestling and your training's over and you're traveling. You you just you seem to carry yourself much older than what chronologically you are. You seem just very right to the point type of person. And I think that level of maturity probably has helped you a lot when it comes into wrestling, especially early on. It definitely, it did, uh, you know, even from the very first day when I came to speak to my would-be trainer, Johnny Rods, you know, he just wanted to have a conversation with me and, you know, make sure that I was mature enough and that I was getting into wrestling for the right reasons. Um, and I think that getting into wrestling so early and being so independent, you know, traveling by myself, living in New York City, spending all this time 
you know, in the gym with wrestlers. I think it helps me mature, and that would obviously go on to help me in my career later on. A popular question we always like to ask is, you know, where did you get your first gear? Uh, how did that all come about? Because there's there's always stories about, hey, I know somebody who knows somebody who goes down to Mexico and it's a lot cheaper to get it down there. Or somebody says, hey, here's an extra pair of boots that just uh, I'm not using anymore. Or there's some companies that make stuff and then someone never comes and picks it up and you end up getting it for a discounted price or something. What was your journey when it came to, uh-oh, I got to start finding more gear so I can kind of mix up my repertoire? So, unfortunately, my first set of gear was a mix of something from a Halloween store and something from a sex shop. So, that's a great first story. <laughs> um, the second set of gear, however, uh, was actually given to me by a wrestler who later would be named MJ Jenkins, who wrestled on WWE, if I remember correctly. And yes, she was also from Johnny Rods, and she gave me uh, that set of gear, which I wrestled in for quite some time. Nice. Is there anybody since 2016? Um, I, I say that so weirdly. Let me phrase this a little bit differently. Is there anybody since you've broken in outside of Johnny to pull you aside? and say, hey, you know, FYI, this is something I want you to know, or somebody who's taken the time to give you some very great and useful advice about either pro wrestling or about your career or, hey, kid, do this or, hey, kid, don't do that. Any Anybody come to mind that, you know, you had a conversation, you were like, wow, that really had an impact on me? Certainly. There's you know, there was uh, people, for example, like Amazing Red, who upon my return from Canada in, in 2019, he let me train at a school for the duration of the year and, you know, pretty much just took me in and I was learning and just being mentored there and growing as a wrestler and as a person. Um, you know, of course, going and living in Japan, people like my senpai, Shigusa Nagayo, you know, teaching me and people like Akira Hokuto teaching me would, you know, play a huge role and play a huge impact on me. And there was so many other people, for example, when I was on the road in Canada, you know, there were other veterans who would take the time to just, you know, talk to me or make a comment. And I would always make a point to write it down somewhere and, you know, put it to use and remember it because everything always comes in handy at some point. Well, one, it's kind of funny because we always joke with Mikey how, because Mikey's always proud of his kids, Amazing Red being one of them, that in a weird, funny sort of way, you're kind of one of Mikey's grandkids because <laughs> being trained and helped by Amazing Red. But uh, with women, it's kind of hard to stand out, you know, from one another to get booked. So when you came, you know, with the gear, the persona, like what, what was your mindset and your thought process of this is what I'm going to base myself off of? So originally, you know, me being Russian, it was, um, it was a very like Russian based gimmick because I was using it as a crutch because I didn't really know what to do with myself at the time. I knew I could wrestle, but I didn't really know how to portray myself um and i remember at the end of 2019 i believe it was i was like man 
I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. And who the hell is going to stop me? Everyone is, uh, is still going to book me because I can wrestle. And I've just been me. I've just made my own gear designs and I'm just me. That's it. That's the gimmick. And I like to fight and I like to win and I want to be the best. So there it is. I just was like, I'm going to train more. I'm going to get better. And I'm just going to be myself. The only way I'm going to stand out is intensity. That's it. There, there's something about people either from Russia or, I mean, who are legitimately from Russia, scary, like intimidation, like that stone cold face. Like it's just, there's something already inherently intimidating about that. Do you feel like wrestling personas are portrayed correctly uh, from non-Russian um, individuals who try to put the Russian persona on? What's your thoughts on that? I I do think when you speak in relation to the whole like stone cold, inherently scary thing, um, it's it's true, but it is portrayed in a way that I think that it's almost like a game where they like have it turned on and off. But then when you meet a real Russian person and that shit doesn't turn off, uh, people get legitimately concerned. <laughs> so I think it's a little difficult to understand what Russian people are like if you don't know what Russian people are like. That's just my personal opinion. Um, once again, my gimmick, is, is what you call it, isn't really born of stereotypes anymore or whatever. So I don't think I would fall into that category. I'm... I was watching some videos of your stuff, and your suplexes are fierce and impeccable. How much would it take for you to suplex my co-host? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Why does it have to go to that? Hey, why hey. Why do you have to get me beat up? That's not even cool, man. Hey, you, you, have you seen her suplexes? They're, they're nasty. They are like, damn. They're like, here's my wallet now. Don't... <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. My uh, I don't know how your co-host feels about losing his neck, and I don't want to get into any legal trouble. I'll, I'll sign the waiver form. It's okay. Wow, that's forgery. <laughs> yeah. What? So, kind of on that that line of, of thinking here, what's your thoughts on on intergender wrestling? Um, we've noticed that there's a lot of trends that a lot of people are very pro for it, and they would like to see more of that. What's your take on on that itself? Do you think sparingly it can be used, or do you think you know what? Just one champion instead of a women's champion and a men's champion. What's your take? I think intergender wrestling is great. Um, I just I feel like. Any person, when they walk into a ring, ceases to be themselves and is just seen for their wrestling ability. So to me, it never mattered if you were a man, a woman, whatever. You know, you're a wrestler when you get in the ring. And I'm actually going to be participating in an intergender match uh, in two days for, for Battle Club Pro. So there you go. Speaking of uh, along along the lines of, of women who are just fierce competitors. Uh, Jordan Grace, uh, you had the opportunity to, to work with Jordan. What was that like uh, working with her? Because we all know that she is a fierce competitor. She's obviously big into uh, weightlifting and powerlifting. What was your experiences with her? I, I had a really great time when I wrestled her back in 2019 uh, on Impact. 
And unfortunately, I haven't gotten a chance to wrestle her again, which will change on August 22nd at American Rana. So I'm looking forward to that, and I hope she's preparing. Wow. Look at that. She says it with just that stone-cold look. I don't know. I just it's, – it's cool to see confident women in wrestling because – you probably can agree with this. So many times in years past, it's been the women have not been portrayed correctly, if you know what I mean. It was always the nightgown matches, their evening gown matches, and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that was very disparaging when it came to women, especially when women have gone through the same training, they've busted their ass. Um, are you in that same agreement that those types of stuff, that that was really setting women's wrestling back? I just had a conversation about this uh, the other day, you know, when people make the statement that women's wrestling had just recently become good, like, what, 10 years ago, right? And, like, no, women's wrestling was good even in the 80s and 90s. You know, if you watch WCW, uh, people like Medusa and Akira Hokuto and all these women, I mean, they were tearing it up. Look at, look at the women in Japan mm-hmm. through all the 2000s and the 90s. I think that at the end of the 90s, early 2000s, we started uh, in the United States falling into the whole pop culture thing, which definitely took women's wrestling uh, a step down, as you can see in the WWE, but has nicely recovered since then and obviously went uh, far above and beyond. What is your uh, what is your bucket list? I mean, as far as, you know, 20, the rest of 2021 into 2022, is there a is there a, a set list of goals that you want to accomplish? Is there anybody who you say, hey, my short-term goal is I want to work with this person? I I have a lot of different goals and a lot of different paths. Should I choose to pursue them? I think a lot of things will change within the next two months, which will make the path uh, more evident and clear, not only to myself, but also to the rest of the world. So I would just suggest you uh, stay tuned to the career. Man, she's good at teasing this. I tell you what, that's good. I like that. Um, when it comes to promos, what was your take on, you know, when you were training and cutting a promo? Was that something that you felt came very natural? Or do you feel like a promo is a very underrated aspect of the training process that it, it's a lot harder to master that than you would normally think? It's definitely a lot harder to master, and it was actually not part of my training ever, whatsoever. The only training uh, we did at Shawnee Rods was, like, in the ring and listening to people talk. We didn't get to do much promos, or I personally didn't. I think it would be unfair to say everybody. Um, And, again, I was just very strict and silent when I was training, and, and which is, again, why I had to lean very heavily onto the Russian thing in the beginning of my career because it was hard to find the voice. But when I did, um, it all just came a little more fluidly when you just decide to be yourself. So kind of getting away from wrestling about you personally, you know, do you have uh, any favorite things that you'd like to do when you're not wrestling? Is there any hobbies? Are you into um, anime? Are you into video games? Are you a book reader? Are you a movie junkie? What what kind of things do you like to do when you're not wrestling? Well, it's funny you bring that up. Um, since I've spent my entire life pretty much exclusively committed to wrestling uh, or some sort of sports, 
that I'm just now recently, uh, upon my return from Japan, exploring what, what are the fun things that I can do, uh, which has included watching lots of horror movies, because I love horror movies. Um, yes. Listening to a whole lot of music, making the walls of my building shake. Um, <laughs> Jiu-jitsu, weightlifting, running, swimming, and I'm learning how to play the drums. Ooh. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, and I did also get a Nintendo, so now, uh, uh, what do you call it, a freaking... Um, are we? A Se- no, a Sega, a, a Genesis. Like oh, a, wow. The, the Retron, that, that stuff, so I've been messing around with that. Sega, Ge- oh my yeah. god. Uh, I love the classics. You know, Sega, Super Nintendo. <laughs> so, on a lot of wrestlers, they stay on a pretty strict diet and whatnot. So, on a cheat day, cheat day, you have whatever you want, right? You're going you're gonna to go crazy. What are you ordering, and how much of it? A whole lot of sushi, whole yes. lot of tacos, <sighs> probably like some chocolate and some ice cream, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, probably some sort of unhealthy drink, like a orange juice or something, even though that's questionably unhealthy, but carbs. <laughs> um, I see that your your shirt right there. I think that's pretty cool here. So. Uh, it says beer, craft beer, craft beers and death matches. That is awesome. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Joel Bateman's shirt from Deathmatch down under from down in Australia. Oh, nice. He is one of my dear friends and, um, yes, support Deathmatch down under, check out Joel Bateman. They're all doing their damn best down there in Australia. We we have a couple of friends who uh, who are in Australia, and it is a great great place, especially for wrestling as well. Um, but it's interesting we talk about matches and death matches. Um, hmm, Ritster, what's uh, what's your take on that? Uh, I I have a great love and a great respect for death matches. Uh, I myself have not participated in a full on death match yet. It's been a whole lot of uh, hardcore, but I certainly look forward to the day that the occasion finally falls into my lap. Nice. Uh, I think personally, your style would be, you know, mix it with deathmatch. A lot of waivers should be signed. <laughs> Get in I the agree. Ring with you. I agree. So, but I love to ask one question to all the guests. He, he Freeland, the. He despises it. I wouldn't say I despise the question. The question's just a little unique, but I feel like you'll be able to answer this question very well. You seem like you're a student of the game, not only in the ring, but outside the ring as well. So continue on with your question. Hot tub time machine. You can go okay. back in you can go back in the time to any wrestling match in history. Take somebody out. And put yourself in that match. What match would it be, and why? Okay, but but if it's such a good match, and you put me in it, wouldn't it make it worse? Wouldn't I just ruin the quality of no, the match? Why does every people? Why does every wrestler? Literally, no joke. They're like, well, it's going to make the match worse. No, it's not. You are a great wrestler. Take yourself. Say, guess what, curtain jerker? You're out. I'm in. Man. Well, I mean, if I'm being that ballsy, then I'm putting myself in there with 
Dynamite Kid and I'm switching out Tiger Mask and me and him are going at it in Madison Square Garden. Wow. There, see? It, it was that simple. And, and and I can actually see you, man, just, just going at him, like suplex for suplex. So someone's, someone's not leaving. Probably not. That is tremendous. Um, any favorite? I mean, you know, you obviously talked about Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, but do you have a favorite match of all time that you can watch over and over and over again that just doesn't seem to get old? Uh, just switch out the could for would and have, um, <laughs> because I think every match that Misawa Mitsuharu and um, Kenta Kobashi had in that like trilogy that was like seven matches long was great, but the one from '99 from like June 10th is an absolute banger, and so is the one from 2003. Uh, and him and Kensuke Sasaki at, what was it, freaking Destiny or something like that was just yes. such a banger. Wow. Look at this. You're just, you're just, you're just ripping them out right there, man. Um, gosh, I even lost my chair. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The world of wrestling as it is right now with AEW, New Japan working together, they're working with Impact as well. Um, are you excited about companies no longer being very isolated and, you know, Tony Khan and Scott Demore and New Japan as well working together? Do you feel like that gives more opportunities for wrestlers to be able to kind of work with each other instead of just being isolated to one roster? Absolutely. I think this is a wonderful time in pro wrestling. Uh, the more opportunities we have to cross promote, the more opportunities we have to expose the world to amazing wrestling. We get to give wrestlers and fans alike uh, dream matches that would have not been possible a decade ago. And I think with all of these incredible matches, we're only going to put more eyes on the beautiful work of art that is pro wrestling. So I think this is an excellent step forward. Wow. Do you hear this, Rit? She could run her own company right now. Like she's, Everything is just like very, very well said. Very well said. Um, where can people find you as far as social media? Where can they buy your merchandise? Where can they? Is there anywhere people can go if they want to say, I want to keep up with you. I want to find out everything that you are doing. Where can they go? Well, y'all can find me on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I have a Facebook page. Uh, they're all at Masha Slamovich. I have t-shirts available on ProWrestlingTees.com, also at Masha Slamovich. And, of course, if you want to keep up with all of my exclusive stuff, my schedules, photo shoots, everything, that would be Patreon.com, and that's Masha Slamovich as well. That is tremendous. We cannot thank you enough for carving out some time to talk to us tonight. I know you have an incredibly busy schedule, but thank you so very much for tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you uh, for having me on. This was a lovely, lovely chat we had. Well, we'll get back in touch with you. And uh, is there any chance we could twist your arm to come back again? Well, DM me and I'm sure we can set something up. I like it. All right. You have yourself a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Me too. Bye-bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. Take care. Wow. She's all business. She is all business. And when you, when you mentioned about getting me suplexed, what are, you, are you trying to get me in trouble or something like that? I don't need to get beat up, okay? I'm a good-looking guy. I am, an, I am an attractive man, okay? I don't need bruises on this goddess of a body. Freeland. Yeah? I think if she would have suplexed you, bruises are the last thing you're worried about. 
Yeah, that's true. I think I probably hit my my deductible pretty quickly. Definitely. Yeah. But I think when you interview different people, it's so interesting when you talk to different wrestlers and you interview them and whether they're not in their, their first year, their second, their third, within that first five years, just the level of growth that they have. And it seems like it's, it's that of a, of a veteran. I mean, she just carries herself so well and she seems to know what she wants. Would you agree? Definitely. Like, I can't really sit there and like she has goals. She meets the goals and it's like nothing stopping her. And, you know, that's what I loved about, about bringing these people, you know, from FSN, building relationships, learning about them and then watching her follow through with, with what they tell us. Well, I mean, I think personally it's exciting. I talked to somebody, um, before uh, actually it was the boogster and he was like you know what i love about future stars now it's almost like watching someone come up in their baseball career you know what i mean uh there's some podcasts that that only want to go after the all-stars but it's like it's all about the journey wrestling is about the journey it's about how they start it's about where they've come from and to hear them in the beginning the middle and obviously as they become more experience in the veteran i think those are the greatest stories that there are um so the the independent scene in my opinion was wicked hot uh it's a northeast reference uh i'm gonna try to i'm trying to slip in the word banger too that was a banger of a match i gotta mix up my adjectives i gotta sound cool but um you know the indies are are really really hot right now several great promotions especially the ones she mentioned as well so by all means you guys please go out and support independent wrestling if there is a place that is holding wrestling within an hour two hours whatever the hell it is go out there and support it buy a ticket buy a t-shirt for somebody and let them know how much you love pro wrestling because at the end of the day wrestling is everywhere don't think that it's just on monday nights on wednesday nights no it's everywhere and you have the abilities to connect with some of these great stars each and every day wow can't sit there and say uh, anything you said wasn't true because everything you said was. Like, I can't, I can't sit there and I can't top that. Well, I tell you what, hey, just <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, and today I was definitely the windshield. I felt pretty good about that. Exactly. You look, you look good, man. You look, how do you feel? You look good. The beard's uh, looking good. I, I, I got to actually go and put, put a little mud mask on this. Put a little what? Mud ma- I, I, I got a mud mask just for the beard. Mud mask? Mud. Mud. M-U-D. Mud, as in like in your backyard. Yeah. You are going to get mud and put it in your beard. No, it, it's stuff I got from my uh, from beardstruggle.com. Beardstruggle.com? Mike, I got a beard too. Where Where can I find this? Beardstruggle.com. Oh my gosh, you made that way too easy. Beardstruggle.com. What does it do for your beard? It it really like it softens it, it exfoliates it, and you get everything. You got the, uh, the conditioner, the shampoo. You got where the, can, where where can you find this at? 
Beardstruggle.com. Beardstruggle.com. My gosh, I tell you what, I've been going to the wrong places, man. So you says it straightens, it moisturizes, and it makes your beard to it ex- its full potential. It exfoliates. Yeah, because that dry skin underneath your beard, anybody who has beards, that's not good. No. That's not good. And, and, and you, you get the, uh, the oils before bed. Yeah. And then you wake up and put another oil, a different oil on in the morning. And it's a lot of work, but someone's got to look this good. This is true. Now, have you ever thought about just kind of going to my length? Or you think you're going to keep uh, growing it out like that? If I go to your length, I, I don't, I'll pack and pull it off. Wow. Wow. I'm not really considered in the beard club, am I? You and Butt have the beard. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just saying I couldn't pull off what you have, the shortness. You, you got a face for shortness. You trying to say, uh, <laughs> you trying to say I'm stubby, huh? Well, hey, hey, just like our man Paul says from PPW, he has a face for radio. You know, with people, with friends like you, who needs enemies, my friend? My goodness. But this has been fun. Uh, great interviews, as always. The Rit is, like I've always said before, he is the Adam Schefter of the independent wrestling scene. He is talking to everybody. He's lining up interviews with everybody. And if you are wanting to stay in touch with what's going on, please follow The Rit on social media, specifically on Twitter. What is your handle on Twitter, Rit? You know you hate when I say this. Yeah, just go ahead and say it. Underscore R underscore R I T T underscore. What's with the underscore? I had to put something there because someone else already had the red. So I had to put the underscore red. I see. Underscore. You had to put another underscore? It's, it's kind of like these people way back. When the internet first started, they went and and sucked up all these dot coms. They snatched them, and then sold them back to these big companies because why? That's what they wanted. McDonald's.com. Oh, what you want? McDonald's.com. You have to buy it for me for X amount of dollars because well, you, well, you do know now um, that that is illegal. You are not allowed to hold things hostage. But back in the day, I guess it was a little bit different. Back in the day. You know, when, when we had this dial-up. <laughs> AOL. Oh, my God. And you have, like, the, the, the three little screens where it was, like, the little yellow man was walking, walking, and then you finally had, oh, my God. Walking, walking, they keeled over. Yeah, no kidding. My goodness. You know, my wife and I went to a, um, a local park, and we went into their gift shop, and we went to buy something. And, and I said, you know, do you take plastic? And he was like, yeah, we do. So they've got the whole little machine, you know, you put your chip in or what, chip, whatever. And I forget what the hell we bought. But anyway, he's like, well, this may take a while. But why? He goes, well, it's dial up. So my question is, do people still have the opportunity to buy that? I, I didn't think that was even an option anymore. But I guess if you call your, your cable company or your phone company, you can actually say, I want dial up. Let's hope not because you're going to be going back because it's going to be what? It's cheaper? Yeah. 
I don't get it. I don't understand. But you know what? Hey, different strokes for different folks. If yeah. that's what they, what they want, that's what they want. Um, well, Freeland, you sit there and say I'm the Adam Schefter. You are the Adam Schefter because you are the one. You are texting me literally day and night, night and day. If people don't understand. You get up to start your day at 3 o'clock in the morning. He starts his day at 3 a.m. to start work, and then he works all day, and then he ends up doing wrestling stuff until, I would say, texting me till 10, 11, midnight, goes to bed for a few hours, and gets back up and does it all over again. Sometimes I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I check my phone. Oh, I got an email. Sit there and message the person back. Ooh, I got a, I got a Twitter DM. Message someone back. You are you are the one that 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 makes the the wheel spin. But but this week you got to guess. This week, did you tell him who it was going to be? You don't know who the guest is. What are you talking? You mean this upcoming week? This upcoming yes. Tuesday? Yes. I have not announced that yet. Well, what are we waiting for? I haven't announced that yet, and you probably have your book next to you before I have my mine's over by my bedside. I, I, Why I, do I, you put me on the spot? <laughs> uh huh. Are you hurting yourself? No, what no. You, I'm are, telling are, you who, who the guest is. Hold it. Do that. Do that hand gesture again. Is is that a you, are you rowing a boat? Are you are you? No no do, no. Okay, okay, you get the nail. Nail. You can't get it out. So let's uh, let's get something to. You got to pull. The, you got to pull the nail out. You got to pry it with. You know the, exactly who I'm talking about, and you're just making me look like a complete idiot. No, the back of the hammer. You pull the back of the hammer. You pry the nail out with the back of the hammer. You don't have a hammer. Well, how are you prying it out of the wall then? With a crowbar. Oh, that's oh, right. Goodness. Crowbar. Former WCW, I mean, obviously ECW, has been everywhere. Crowbar, if you follow him on social media, he creates these great promos. And I cannot wait. It's going to be good. To talk to him. About the heat he purposely put on himself. NWO is the Bull Club. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this man put out that video vignette, knowing what it was going to get, and he's like, "Fuck it." Who cares? Isn't he also in the medical industry? Yes, he is. I was going to say, is he a chiropractor? Blowing backs out since 1998. I tell you what, I need a good chiropractor. Do you think it would be? Do you think it would be okay if uh, I just told everybody to just ignore the interview for a hot second and I get a consultation? I have as good long, insurance. As long as it's free, you probably would. Hey, that's what it's all about, kids. Free did, is where you want to be. Did I tell you who we got for FSN? <laughs> you I probably have. Thousands love, of times. I love doing this to you. And I have not taken my ginkgo biloba today. So how about you just go ahead? You're the younger one. Well, you're younger by like a couple of weeks of me. 
So I'm 40. You just recently turned 40. So anyway, no, I not. digress. Go ahead and tell people who we got as the guest. Don't make me get Megs over here. No, just go ahead. And you said you and Megs were the same age? Close. No, Megan is way younger than that. We're Do you close. know how old Megs is? She's 33. We're close. You're 40. That's I'm a seven-year difference. 39. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go ahead and let's split hairs. That's fine. So go on. Can, you can't continue. afford to do that. Wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. Hey, when I get my appliance, that's what they call this thing, the appliance. Have you ever seen those commercials? Anyways, Lila Gray coming on the show. Lila Gray coming on the show. Best part about it is, Freeland? Yeah. We didn't talk about this. Because because we, we don't have we don't have pre production meetings. That's why we don't have these. She's going to be on the show Monday night at eight o'clock. Monday night. Okay, here we go. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Monday night, eight o'clock. Monday night, eight o'clock. Tuesday night, you guys take your take take your cup of coffee, your your little bourbons, and we're setting the so we're setting the clock back. We'll be back nine o'clock. What does coffee and bourbon have to do with Tuesday night at nine o'clock? Well, you, you, don't, you don't ever ever spike your coffee, a little Irish coffee. I can't. I have IBS. I can't put uh-huh. anything in my coffee. Are you kidding me? Ah, uh, I had a, yeah. B- a BLT today, and I felt like I was about to give birth about forty-five minutes later. And you think I can put something in my coffee? Oh my god! I have the system. I have the the digestive tract of an infant. Okay. I keep forgetting. I apologize. That's fine. I'm elderly. That's fine. I've so, always wondered if I could get an ARP card before 50. Do you think Meg, if I if I could Meg's, prove? Meg's told me you already had two. You need to stop talking to my wife. She, she's she's going to blow the whole gig right now. I have a goal to, to be her and I living in a sweet retirement village for people that are 70 and over. Before I hit 50, it's a sweet place, okay? I got the connections. They give you baths. Somebody could give you a bath. Who wouldn't want them to give you a bath? Freeland. Yeah? Do you not understand? Like, we're setting up for you to go to Shady Pines. Shady Pines, Ma. Shady Pines. I love it. You see this cool mug I got? Exactly. Da-na-na-na, thank you for being a friend. Da-na-na-na, travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal. Can you believe this golden voice? Can you believe this? How has Simon Cowell not found me? I'm just letting you know by Monday, not only are we going to have that great interview. Yes, we are. The eagle will land. I'm sending out your package tomorrow. Oh, I've been waiting for, Okay. You've been, you're going to send out the old package. Very nice. There's also a bonus thing in there. Bonus. Yeah. But I'm not telling you what it is. Is it an AEW action figure? Yeah, you wish. Well, I do want to say this. Please support Moondog Murray. Uh, you can go ahead and get his tees. At Pro Wrestling Tees, he is an amazing guy. He got me his latest shirt. It's awesome. Um, please follow him. He is at Moondog Murray on Twitter as well. 
incredible guy. He got me the Young Bucks action figures. So I'm just going to throw that out there as well. So I, wait a minute. Boog has got me action figures. Moondog's got me action figures. My wife's got me action figures. You haven't gotten me action figures, and Christopher Butt has it. Now, Christopher lives in another country. I understand that. Just saying. So you want me to take back what I got you? No, I'm saying, could you add to the box if it's not been like? Can you can you can you, can you go to UPS and be like, hey, it's, time out? It's already sealed, and the other gift that I got for you is very time consuming. But Ooh. you're gonna you're gonna enjoy doing this, and Megs can even help you with it. Oh, oh, I you, like you, that. You, you probably won't want her to help you with it, but you, you probably want all the status, but. Uh, Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Did you just say satisfaction? Uh, you know what I mean. No, in fact, I don't. Satisfaction. There we go. Satisfaction. You, 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 okay. There we go. I got, I, I got the Red Hot Chili Peppers California Cation song mixed in my head. Also, you got a Red Hot Chili Peppers song and satisfaction mixed up, and you get satisfaction. Oh yeah, California, California, satication. Yeah, okay. But no, you're, you're probably going to want to just do it all yourself. So you're you're sending me my my Check package. Chia. Yes, my chia, my Golden Girls chias, and then there's something else in the box. Yes, that you're saying Megs and I could do together. However, I probably want to do it on my own because I want all the satisfaction. Yes. Jeez. You wonder why I can't host it, uh, interviews on my own yet. No, you can. You're a beautiful man. You're a beautiful man. I'm just not going to ask you to say words that have more than three consonants in them or three <laughs> letters that have consonants in them. Other than that, if we can keep it to like one or two, Cat minimize dog. minimize the syllables, we're fine. I appreciate it. No, I love you to death. I really do, and I'm super jealous of that beautiful AEW. Look at the look at the gold. How it shines behind you. Oh. Uh, wait, wait, wait. There's this is my new set. Oh, you got it in the mail already? Yeah. Series four. Series four. So can anybody okay, so those one out of five hundreds or whatever it was, one of five thousands, were those originally sold at stores? Yeah. They, they, they were randomly put in the the pie, uh the cases. Okay, and they were twenty bucks as well. Yeah. And just whoever got them got them. Whoever got them got them. And they're not doing that gimmick anymore with any other figures. No, they, they still are with, with certain uh, random ones. Nice. Did, did you see the new series that they have out? Uh, was it? Uh, this is Unrivaled. But there's another, the new one out, the series one, that has like Mero and Britt Baker in. I have not. Don't you think they should space these out a little bit? I mean, it seems like they're coming like boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. You know what I mean? I know. I mean, are they going to have any left by 2022 or? Actually, Freeland, I actually decided I'm going to pre-order. You're going to no. pre-order. Uh oh, Ringside Collectibles. Yeah. They're actually cheaper there than I find it on eBay. Ringside Collectibles. How much are they selling their figures? Oh, AEW Unmatched. Series Unmatched. One. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Cody, of course, the LJN style, so it's the non-posable one. 
It's kind of like the old King Kong Bundy. I like the LJN action figure. Is it just? Is he the only one that has an LJN? He in this series, he's the only one that have the LJN. It's him, Mero, Britt Baker, which she should have been. Why didn't she have a figure the very first? Uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Who's the guy that the, the uh, Nick Camarado, the furry Ultimate Warrior? You think he's going to get a figure or no? No. Fuego de Sol. You think he's going to get a figure? I hope so. Marco Stunt. That 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 action figure should be half price. Marco, if not- Marco Stunt should have been in the Jurassic Express one, like a, the little tiny size one. Let's put it over there. Yeah. You know? But no, no. If you look at uh, does Jungle Boy have one yet? Yeah. With the Jurassic Express, and I think he's in Series Five. I did not know that. Hey, I got something to say real fast to uh, to Walmart. Uh, <laughs> if Walmart's listening, what's your deal with not keeping your your shelves stocked with this stuff? Not cool, man. I go to a whole bunch of WalMarts and Leland, nothing. Look, looking at, they also have damaged packaging. I have and no they, problem with that. They sell them on ringside collectibles cheaper. How they, damaged are we talking? You open them up anyways, don't you? No, I don't do Lucy's. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know how damaged they are, but they, they got the newest set, Jericho, Jack Hager. 25 bucks a piece. Hold on, hold on. What did you just call him? Did Jack you call Hager. him Jack Hager? Oh, Jake. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, I, I can't. can't. I, I can't. can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't read either. It's okay. Jack Hager. Yeah, got, got to get him. He's my neighbor. Jake Hager is a wrestler. Oh my! Twenty yeah. buck, even for a damaged box. Hey, hey, uh, this Cody. Yeah, because you got to have Cody like nine Codys. The TNT exclusive. I paid fifty. Yeah, it's on here for thirty-four. I know. Do your children have food and clothing? That's all I want to say. You buy so many action figures. My fucking kids that have. You would want to be one of my kids. If, if, would you if, adopt if, me? If Megan got rid of me, would you legally adopt me? If I if I came to Pennsylvania with paperwork, would you sign it? And would you be my new daddy? Right after I threw Meg's a party, yeah. See, it's moments like that in conversations when you're friends with somebody that someone would embrace you and say, you know what, I would. But no, but all these action figures you're buying... I mean, yeah, Jungle good. Boy is in Series Five. He is twenty four ninety nine. Is he Luch- in the same pack with no. Luchasaurus? It's not separate. a two pack. It's no. separate. I'm actually looking at getting the set. How many two packs do they typically sell? So uh, they got the Dustin and Cody is a two pack. Oh uh, well, they you can do a package deal like the Lucha Brothers that are in that series. Yeah. You know, Lucha Brothers, the Young Bucks have a have one. No, they're in the same box. No, that's what I'm talking about. Oh no, the only there's only two that I know of: the uh, Blood Brothers and right. the and the Jurassic Express. They're in the same box. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boys on his shoulders. Now, can you if you if you were to open the pack and you take Jungle Boy off of yeah. your shoulders? Okay, yeah. okay, it's not just one no. thing. And, and, okay. and, and then there is a rare 
flip-flop where it's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus is on his shoulders. Yeah. That wouldn't uh, that's going to snap his spine. Luchasaurus is huge. Wow. But uh yeah, I'm just look at that. Right there. 150 bucks for all all six on ringside collectibles. As opposed to if you were to pay 25 per. Yeah. And how many action figures? Oh, six? 20, that is 25 per. 25, 50, 75, 100, 125. Six figures would be 150. Yeah, 149.99. Okay. I thought they were cutting yeah, you a deal. Well, no, technically they are compared to if you go on eBay. 200, 225. Well, eBay jacks up everything. eBay uh, is not my not, my last set I got was 156 for all six of them. And that's the uh Santana Ortiz, of course, Cody number 364. So many Cody figures. Matt so Hardy, many. Sammy Guevara, and uh, Kenny Omega number two. Why? Why do you have to do that? Put the uh, damn put the I, damn figure back on the shelf. I, I thought you wanted to see it. No. You have you have been poking the bear with that. For the longest time, poking so, the bear. Anyway, well, when's the next uh, overbooked being launched? Gonna be coming out soon. Uh, another overbook. We're gonna be doing chapter one. Real I, li- I listened to it. What'd you think about I, the first one? I thought I I loved it again. You know, one day it's been out, and we had you know three hundred downloads. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for supporting that because I did not know that people would really like to have that come back. But you know what? You've come out and supported, and I appreciate that. Hey, hey, hey. if you read it, they will come. This is true. I could be the next James Earl Jones. I've got that voice. i got that face for radio. But Freeland? Yes, yeah, sir. You want me to be your father. Would you? What the hell are you? Are you Doctor Doolittle? What the hell's going on in that house? That is the dog, and he has anxiety, and he's left alone too long. He whines a, and cries. That's a cat. That's a dog. Your dog has anxiety. Yes, if he's left alone too long, and my daughter's not home from work yet. Does he take anxiety medication? No. They he have gets, that, you know. He just gets more attention. Is that him walking in by you now? No. That is my dog walking by me. How many dogs are in that house? Two. The one that yeah. whines is hers. Where is he currently at? Up in her room. And I can hear that like it's right next to you. That, that's in the attic. That's in the attic. You put your daughter in the attic. Well, yeah, because the basement's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How many cats you got in that house? Three. And you have turtles too, don't you? Two turtles. So, I hear that. Part, I, I hear a partridge and a mother from pear tree. Good God Almighty! I love you to death. I tell you what, you are the you are the modern day uh, um, Noah. No, because I got three cats. I didn't want you to take that literally. Oh. Uh. 
Oh, math, you're fine, but 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 the English language, that's hard. Good God. All right, guys. It has been fun. It has been real. Uh, we would like to thank you all for tuning in once again on this Thursday night special, uh, Future Stars Now. And uh, please, by all means, if you miss any part of the interview, go ahead. It'll be available on demand as soon as we go off the air. And then we will go ahead and make it available very, very soon uh, to download on Spotify and any other platforms. I don't, I just, dogs with anxiety, I don't, whatever. Anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? This is just crazy. Hey, guys, see you next week. You going to hit the button? <laughs>